Hey listeners, this is the second part of our conversation with the CFO of Care, TJ Whitehead. To hear the first part of this conversation, listen to our previous episode on your favorite podcast platform or on the web at agrihealth.net. Thank you. Welcome to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength. That Farm Life is a production of Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. We talk about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between. Because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now here's your host, Stan Norman. So how many of your patients, whether it's the mental health or the physical clinical treatment, how many of your patients are farmers? Just ballparking. Um, this is going to be somewhat of an educated guess. Sure, sure. I would say that we have a um, an agriculture community of patients somewhere – around 20 to 25,000. So of the 110, and I'm spitballing the numbers here, about a fourth yeah. come from the ag community. I would say so. Maybe a little bit more if you if you start. And I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of like either you're, you're working directly on a farm, you own a farm. Uh, but if you were to like say, okay, well, I work for an equipment dealership or a uh, a seed company or, you know, uh, one of the ag retail companies, then it, it, it could, it could be more than that. But, but I would say it's at least a fourth, I would say of the, of the patients that we have. So you guys, I'm a, I'm going to infer here and based upon what I've seen on your website, most of your clinics are in Arkansas. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. But you do have, uh, services in Kentucky and Mississippi. How widespread are those services in those two states? Um, our Kentucky um, footprint is like is Paducah, okay, and kind of south and 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 west of Paducah. We're looking right now at at a new uh, a new practice over in Elizabethtown, which is takes us a little further east in Kentucky, but it is the, it's still the Delta region of Kentucky. It's the Southwestern portion of, of Kentucky is where we are. And then in, in Mississippi, we are, we are in four communities over there, Pontotoc, Oxford, New Albany, and Tupelo, kind of Northern Mississippi, I would say. Does our care have plans for expanding uh, those points of contact, those areas uh, beyond what you currently have? So I'm noticing uh, nothing in Missouri, nothing in Oklahoma, uh, nothing in Louisiana. Uh, are, do you guys are you thinking about maybe branching out and and pushing out because there are farmers in all those communities yeah. and even beyond that probably need not probably they need what you guys can offer to them. Yeah, we every state that's contiguous to Arkansas we have uh, we have interest in. Yeah, Texas probably being the one that. That's um, probably in the shorter term, but we do. We have looked into Missouri. We have looked into Oklahoma, Tennessee, Tennessee. We've we've um, we've looked at 
I don't know that we've had any anything in in Louisiana that's crossed our crossed our radar. But the thing about you know us is we really don't like to go places where without an invitation. And so I can't think of a community that we've that we've opened a clinic in that somebody didn't invite us into. And and that's really what starts our process uh, for for looking. We don't just identify and say, "Hey, well, we want to be there and we want to be there." It's it's an invitation type thing. And that's, so, if you are in one of these contiguous states to Arkansas, and you think our care could be a benefit <laughs> to your community, get on their website and extend an invitation to have a conversation about the, this possibility. Well, let's talk about mental health for a minute because that is the uh, one of the big things that we do here on that Farm Life podcast. So how important is mental health and emotional care to a farmer? And you've already alluded to the need for maintenance, but oftentimes when they come to see you, it's not a maintenance visit. It's something's broken visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I feel like it's the, it's some of the basics of, of good, healthy lifestyles. I mean, if your mind, if your mind's in not good shape, and you're not working to keep yourself uh, healthy mentally and emotionally, then then I think you know it's going to have a an impact on the rest of your on the rest of your health. You know, mental health is one of those things where I think for a long period of time there's been a stigma uh, associated with it, but I think we're coming out of that. We got to, we must, in order for us to really truly attack that that disease state. Because it, it it's chronic, it's really no different than any other chronic disease. And with the appropriate therapy, and with the sometimes with the appropriate medications, you can control it. You can manage through it. I mean, just like I know I take medicine every morning to help control high blood pressure, and I don't feel ashamed about that at all. But because I think of some of the stigma that's been associated with it over time. We're a little bit more reluctant to talk about going to and seeing our therapist, right? Or we're a little bit more reluctant to tell someone that we're taking a, a medication that works with depression, right? So we got it. We got to overcome that, right? And um, and I think we are. We just got to get more more education out there, and we got to be considerate of one of one another and the things that we're going through, and just really really understand that that it's no different than any anything else that. Any other chronic disease state that we're that we're battling? Well, as a pastor, I would want to say that we are fallen, we are broken, we are in need of healing, we are in need of redemption, and we are in need of reconciliation. That is everyone. And from where I sit, and again, I don't want to come under the pretext that I am providing the same level of professional counsel or uh, guidance that you guys would provide. But I would tell someone, look, we're all messed up. Physically, we got our issues. Mentally, we got our issues. There's no one that is exempt from this. Get help. God wants you to be whole. God wants you to be healed. God wants to restore and redeem you. And there are services and opportunities. There are people that want to help you in this journey. Mm Mm-hmm. So don't assume you're the only one. There's no one else like you. You're you are not unique. Welcome to the human race. You stand with everybody else that has ever lived, and there are people willing and ready to help you. Yeah, it's 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 not something that's that's uncommon. 
you know, uh, about a third of Americans battle some type of uh, mental or emotional disorder. Hmm. And um, of that third, about 55% go untreated. Wow. And so we got a lot of work to do. We do. And there are a lot of good professionals out there that are just that are sitting there waiting with with their arms open. How many staff, counselors, licensed mental health professionals does our care employ? Oh, that's a great question. We have really tried to ramp up that 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 group. I'm going to ballpark it and say that it's it's somewhere probably in the range of 50. Okay. That's a lot. Um if you if you count the support teams that that go along with them I and mean, we have we have some recovery coaches that work with our our therapists with patients that are battling addiction yeah and we have um, LCSWs we contract with psychiatrists we're recruiting psychiatrists as well but um, there are a lot of of different levels and different licenses within the behavioral health arena you guys know that I mean you you've looked at some of that here at William and so we got a, a pretty large staff for not being focused on behavioral health for, for decades. I mean, it's a fairly new division of ours okay. uh, within within our care, and I would say fairly new, meaning five to seven years old. Okay. But I can tell you 50 is not enough, and honestly, 100 wouldn't be enough. We've got a real, we got a real deficit uh, out there from a professional standpoint of finding – enough therapists to to meet the need and so it's a it's something that we, we got to work on so we, we've been kind of talking about in the ideal scenarios here I, I want to get down to the real life and sort of have you coach me along well so let's suppose i'm farmer it's harvest season currently when we're recording this podcast i'm in my combine it's late in the evening i am still cutting by headlights and I'm listening to this, and it kind of dawns on me, you know, I just have not been in a good place. Whatever that would mean, whether it's depression, whether it's isolation, whether there may be some substance abuse going on, I am not in a good place. And Norman's just said that I'm not alone in this, that everyone's got their stuff, and I'm encouraged to know, okay, I'm not as alone in my struggles and battles Others have them, too. Everyone has them, too. Okay, I'm willing to maybe look at doing something here. What does that look like? What do I do? I'm in, I'm in my combine. What, what would you tell me to do? What's the first thing I need to do? Well, I would say find a trusted source. How do I do that? Well, you can start with your PCP, you know, if you have a, a, a primary, primary, care, primary, care, primary physician. care physician. Okay. And if you don't know anybody and that's a behavioral health professional, share with them what you're, what you're feeling. And then they will most likely give you a referral to a behavioral health um, uh, specialist or professional. If you don't have that. What if, if I just want to cut out the middle, man? I don't, right. I don't, want, if you don't, I don't want, want to talk if, to a bunch of people. I just want somebody to help me right now. Help me, help me. Yeah. So then I would say from our care's perspective, you need to go to our, our website. There's a phone number on there, and I would and and call it. Okay. And if you're a farmer out there and listening, I say, well, what do I what do I tell them? Tell them you heard you were listening to the Farm Life podcast, That's right. and and TJ Whitehead said that if I was feeling a certain way, then I need to seek some help, and and I feel confident that our team will get them on the right path and connect them with somebody that will do everything in their power to to help them out. What if 
I'm having some marital stuff going on uh, that the stress and the challenges of farming are really bearing down on me and my spouse. And we need some marriage help. Do you guys offer uh, marriage counseling or do you know people that you refer us to? Because I, I don't want to lose my spouse. I don't want to lose my family. But we're feeling it right now. Yeah, we do. We do not offer marriage um, counseling at the as a like a service line. However, I know that our therapists do some of that. Okay. You know, they they work with families and they work with patients and and their spouses. And and if it gets to the point to where they're not, you know, they they feel like that they're getting a, outside of their area of expertise. Area of expertise. Then they're gonna they're gonna connect them with someone that they trust. Okay. Final topic I want to dig into. That farm life was founded by a pastor as an outflow of a local church here in Northeast Arkansas, Archie Mason. And then he handed it off to Williams Baptist University and to be hosted and sponsored by Eagle Farms at a faith-based Christian university. Talk just a moment either from your own professional experience or your own personal experience, how faith commitments and Christian spirituality help in the treatment process, either on a, on a formal level or informal level. How does that all play out in the our care ecosystem? Well, our care, um, we are, um, I don't have to be a Christian to come to you. Do I? Absolutely. Okay. Not. Okay. No, absolutely not. You know, the thing about it, we take all comers. Okay. I mean, if, um, if you show up, we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. Okay. Um, and it doesn't matter if you know what your situation is. I mean, if it's if you can't pay, that's okay. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna see you anyway. Okay. If you if you have insurance or don't have insurance, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you show up, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see you. So okay. that's first and foremost. Good, good, good. Um, and then you know we just want we want to to treat people like Christ would. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna try to um, to give them the professional help that they need, um, but I know that we have we have um, people on our team that that pray with our patients, and I know that that we have people on our team that check on our patients at night and and say hey how you doing I'm thinking about you, and it's a common occurrence across across our footprint for. For our team members to to um, to pray with patients and to pray with uh, coworkers for patients, um, mm-hmm. it you know we're we're technically I, I would say I guess we're not a faith based organization. Right. However, yeah. man, I mean, Christ is at the center of of everything that we do, and it's you know it's just one of those things where that I think that. That just comes from the people that we try to put on the team. We got an unbelievable team. We have an unbelievable leadership group. Um, Dr. Carter sets a, an, a great tone at the top of saying, "Hey, we're going to do the right thing by by patients, regardless, and we're going to treat them like Christ would." So um, that's, that's outstanding. That's, that's so good. Yeah. Well, I think I have asked you everything that I incredibly know to ask you. Thank you. Thank you for driving from Augusta to be with us today. Thank you for what I hope is encouragement, advice, pastoral counsel to our listeners, that they don't have to do this alone, 
that there are people, whether they're in the our care system or in a local church or in another counseling structure, wherever they are, there are people ready to help. We're not in this alone. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So do you have an R-Care number that we could share with our listeners if they do want to call and say, TJ told me to call? It's on our website. It's, okay. It, um, it changes from time to okay. time. Okay, so that um, website but, is? But it's uh, www.rcare.net. Dot .net, very good. Yep. Very good. Any final word for our listeners before we move on? Keep keeping on and, and take care of yourself. You can't feed the world if you don't take care of yourself. So That's good. I may use that as okay. Can't feed Feel the free. world if you can't take Feel care of yourself. Free. All right. Feel free. Thank you for listening today. We are delighted to spend this time with us, this conversation with you. You've been listening to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Stan Norman. That Farm Life is a creation of AgriHealth Network and is produced by Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. AgriHealth Network exists to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about AgriHealth Network at agrihealth.net and more about Williams at williamsbu.edu. That Farm Life is produced and edited by Mike Dixon. Chris Grady and Brett Cooper serve as executive producers. And Elizabeth Ring is our production assistant. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep farming and keep the faith.